Welcome to the Book Business Boss Show, hosted by Julia Royston, helping you get your message to the masses, turn your words into wealth, and be a book business boss. Well, hello, I'm Dr. Julia Royston of BK Royston Publishing, Royal Media and Publishing, and the coaching community, The Book Business Bosses, where I help you get your message to the masses, turn your words into wealth, and be a book business boss. So we've been together quite a while um, on the episodes of The Book Business Boss Show. And so first off, I want to thank you for listening. I trust that you've been either taking notes or uh, listening to the replays and sharing with others who are interested in writing, want to be writers, um, love the writing process. Um, I know that some people take a while before they even begin uh, the writing process. And I've always wanted to write a book. I've been thinking about writing a book uh, for years. I get this all the time because I do love to uh, do live events. And so that's where I meet people. And so um, I've heard people say, it's been prophesied over me that I'm going to write a book and I don't know where to start. And I have a story, but I don't love to to really write uh, every day. Or some people even say, I've been writing since I was in high school. I loved it then and I still love it now. So it all depends on who you are and and what you like to do and all that good stuff. But I'm trusting and um, prayerful each time uh, I record an episode that that it is something that will be helpful to you. And um, as the old folks say, you'll eat the meat and spit out the bones and, and really store and hold in reserve the things that we talk about. So one of the previous episodes that we really talked about was really fiction, getting started with fiction, the why of fiction. Sometimes you do want to fictionalize characters, uh, as they say, um, um, change the names to protect the innocent. And sometimes you want to change the scenarios, change the setting, change everything um, to protect the innocent. But there is a story there. There is um, something that you really want to get across but you, you know, you won't say, hi, this is Julia Royston, and this is exactly what happened to me. Now, that's in a nonfiction book. And um, sometimes, even in a nonfiction book, you give examples, etc. But utilizing um, fiction, and I'll probably go into real detail of the how um, later on, but I really want you to think about the business of fiction. So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today the business of fiction, of writing fiction. Um, There is a glamour to it. And, um, you know, there are some of those who are very famous fiction writers who um, sell millions of books and it's a wonderful thing and it's an awesome thing. But uh, just a few things that I want you to think about because I do write nonfiction and fiction. I write children's, I write poetry. So the... um, the avenues that I take for fiction are a little bit different and a lot different than nonfiction. Um, self-help is just that. Um, you can get the help you need and and uh, apply it to your life and your life can be better and you move along. And it's a wonderful thing. And normally people that are, are reading self-help are really independent people. If they need more information, they'll reach out. But fiction is a little bit different. Well, number one, people are really loyal to the authors that they enjoy. 
if there is an author that they run up on, whether it's a new one or one that's uh, a celebrity and well-known, they're loyal to them. Um, so that's the beauty of fiction. If you ever find a group that reads your fiction and falls in love with it, they're going to be with you for the long haul. Um, I have been introduced just seemingly by happenstance, but I believe it was God. Um, and I met a young woman who had a book club in South Carolina. Um, um, shout out to the Something With Hair um, book club in um, South Carolina. And they've now met me twice and read two of my books. And so, you know, I, I really am encouraged by that, but I had to really take it to the readers. I had to get it in the hands of people who met me as a person and that was willing to take a, a chance on my uh, fiction. Because most people, if they fall in love with a certain fiction writer, the way they do things, even if they switch it up a bit, they stick with them. They're loyal. So that's the reason why it is really um, so important that number two, that you really take it to people, find your audience, find people who love to read your particular type of fiction. Um, it's also important on a business side to be able to, one, find people to give you critical feedback of your fiction. Was it an enjoyable story? Did the highs and lows meet up to expectation? Were the twists and turns um, keeping you on your toes and making you want to turn the page? Did you fall in love or did you hate the characters? So having a beta group is, is really, really key and important so that you get that good feedback so that when they do read it, um, you do have some testimonials or some people say, girl, that was so good. Because one of the life's blood of fiction writing is um, um, the word of mouth, other people telling. Um, I was at a, a Christian book lovers retreat in 2021 and um, I was at the book fair. So the book fair is where authors come and bring their books and then book clubs or just readers because that event is specifically for readers of uh, Christian and faith-based fiction, hint, hint. So um, that is one place that if you've ever thought about writing fiction, that's where good fiction is seen and heard and where you're able to meet authors. But if you're an author of Christian fiction, that's where you uh, will touch base with readers and book clubs, et cetera, so that you, know, you can build that relationship. And so... Um, while I am uh, conversing with a potential customer, um, someone else who had read the book um, from a previous, uh, I had been on live with a, um, a literary agent and I offered all my eBooks for 99 cents and people took a chance and they were able to take a chance on me then. And so she walked by while this lady, other lady was looking at the titles going, hmm, I don't know. Because she didn't. Honestly, she didn't know me. And another lady stopped by and say, said and told her, that's really good. That's a really good series. If you want to read something good, she writes really well. And that's really good. Of course, you know, I'm blushing all over myself because that hasn't really been my emphasis. But to know that somebody else enjoyed it to know that somebody else loved it was ah, it, for an artist and a creative that's over the top. And to have somebody who would have actually 
read your works and you didn't actually know them personally, but they made a personal referral is gold, literally gold. So having that on the business side of actually taking it to readers is really a full-time job, is really full-time. And and I don't get to do it as much as I would like to, um, but uh, I'm going to, as they say, do it more and more and more in the future. So the business of fiction is a a little bit different, Uh, not much, but um, it, it is a little bit more difficult and, you know, the, the book business is is what it is and it's competitive. There are millions of new books out there. Uh, Amazon makes them right there on Front Street, but technology has made it such that it's crowded, it's out there. So you really have to distinguish yourself. You have to be on your hustle and grind. You have to really uh, want to get it out there and move it. It will not sell itself. And just because it's on Amazon does not necessarily mean it's going to move. So number one, uh, also with the business of fiction, besides getting beta readers, etc., let's go back kind of to the beginning. Creating a wonderful story. Creating a wonderful story. It's always, the story is always the key. Um, and being able to uh, create a story that people really actually do want to read. Creating uh, a plot that um, keeps people engaged and wanting to turn the page, page by page by page. So creating a wonderful story. Oh, I just love that. You, have you ever met a, a great storyteller that can keep you on your toes? And what happened next? And what happened, happened next? Sound effects and, and the beauty of that. But what has to happen an actual physical human being telling a story is one thing, but being able to reveal and tell a story in black and white with only the words moving you and your own imagination moving you and your own experience moving you is really key and really important. That's the the way that you know a really a great story is told. Whether it's the main character that's the narrator, whether that's the minor character or Um, somebody else is telling the story, however that is, um, creating a wonderful story. And then secondly, the story you want to tell is only as good as as well as the characters. Whether you create characters that are lovable, whether you create characters that you can't stand, even people love um, the antagonist, the uh, villain, um, there are some people who can create villains that we all love. They make us angry, they make us mad, but we still love them anyway. So whether you're able uh, to create a wonderful story with lovable characters or hateable characters, um, I think that is really, 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 really key to creating a wonderful fiction book is that it's a great story. Oh my gosh. And it was just from beginning to end, it held me on pins and needles and it held me captive. And I wanted to know what's happening next. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to turn the page. Uh, I can't wait to have an hour of quiet time. I can't wait to uh, be able to uh, experience uh, what's going to happen next and what is going to be next. So creating that wonderful, captivating story and then having characters that are believable whether you fall in love with them or whether you can't stand them or they get on your nerves, but they remind you of somebody that you know. They remind you of a family member, somebody you went to school with, 
somebody, uh, a college roommate or a coworker. I'm like, oh, I know. And so that just makes it uh, uh, believable and just makes uh, that connection for the reader even greater. Because when you have characters that either say things, do things, um, um, that are things <laughs> that um, that you relate to, that you identify with, that you remember, that you recall, um, that you've experienced before, it brings it all into uh, um, to your life even closer. I've had um, uh, two major fiction stories, but even the first fiction I ever wrote, um, it was uh, a woman that I identified with really more the surroundings than anything else because I don't have biological children of my own, but it allowed me to come out my imagination. And it was a story basically told to me by a co-worker and I embellished it and took it on to the next level. And she said, you can have that one, Julia. Go right ahead because I'm not going to write it, but I know you are. And I said, well, I have your permission, so I'm going to go on. But I wanted it to, belie- to be believable a woman that makes a decision to stay in a relationship and the person that they're in a relationship does not respect them at all is um, has multiple acts of infidelity. Um, But eventually she makes a decision. Life happens and the decision is made for her and the decision is made for her so that she's delivered out of the situation by her children. The main reason why she um, decided to stay in the unhappy relationship in the first place. So that book is uh, Robert's Junction. But I am creating believable characters, um, whether you love them or you hate them, is just really something that I really enjoy. I enjoy being able to um, make them do, make them say what I want them to say. And some things I have to confess. Can I do that here? Yeah, I can confess it here. That sometimes I have them say things that I'd like to say, but I would never say it out loud. Uh, that I think in my head. So that is one of the beauties of fiction and the businesses of fiction. We're going to take a break right here and we're going to be back with more. So have you ever wanted to learn something new, do something new, but you needed a little training, need a little background? Especially if you're an author already. What do I do after the book? After it's sold, after the book signings? Then you take your book to the next level. I'm Dr. Julia Royston of BK Royston Publishing and the Book Business Bosses. Offering a Message to the Masses Masterclass series. There are two masterclasses still remaining to be held. One, the first one on July 19th, is a speech from your book. That means you're going to develop uh, a speech to speak to uh, masses everywhere, whether you're going live on your social media, whether you go live on YouTube, or whether you go live from your website, or if you're in uh, blessed to be a speaker at an in-person event, learn how to develop a speech from your book. The Message to the Masses Summer Masterclass Series, held on July 19th, from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then secondly, the final masterclass in the series is Message to the Masses. Are you media ready? I'm going to help you get media ready. Um, That class will be held on August 16th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
You can register for both masterclasses at bookbusinessbosstraining.com. That's bookbusinessbosstraining.com. And we're back. So we're talking about the business of fiction. We've talked a little bit about having beta readers, um, as well as having people fall in love with your books and having people fall in love with your characters, creating a wonderful story, creating lovable as well as hateable characters. Now, the next thing is, um, and I want to talk a little bit more in a minute in regards to um, taking uh, it to the readers and the streets. But the next thing I really want to talk about is a, not just a pet peeve of mine, but really a publishing industry standard of mine. And that is creating an unforgettable cover, one that people will remember and be drawn to. There is nothing like being at a large event, and I've been doing some uh, much larger events now that COVID has done whatever it's going to do, and the world is understanding how to work it and how to protect themselves. I'm going to larger events. And when you're at a larger event with um, 50 or more vendors, you got to have something, um, do something, speak to people that sets you apart from others. Um, the, uh, there are people who will buy, come and buy multiple books. And there are some people who didn't have a book on their mind and looking for the jewelry vendor or the clothing vendor. I understand that. I respect your, uh, um, shopping game and, and not hating at all. But when you're creating, uh, writing and you're in the book business, the cover is really key. Making sure you have an unforgettable cover. Now, of course, in the whole publishing process, making sure the story is right, making sure the editing is on point, making sure the layout is uh, um, drawn in. I like larger fonts. I like um, to be able to see it without having to have a magnifying glass. I love all that. But when it's all said and done, the covers have got to be on lock. People have got to want to be able to uh, look at that cover and go, ooh, what is that? Or walk by and and be stopped in their tracks. So next is making sure you have a unforgettable cover uh, with clear imagery um, that makes a statement that agrees with what is in the inside. That's not confusing to, you know, you look at it, you like, what is that really about? And then the inside has nothing to do with the cover itself. The inside um, is, is talking about business and you have a sexy man on the cover you know they they've got a match it's got to make sense um you know it, it and it's it's got to and that's whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction. i'm just big on covers period um as to what they look like and and does it make sense and does it agree so making a very attractive clear cover uh also making sure that you have licensing for that cover be careful of people who do a lot of um, uh, manufactured or duplicate covers. Um, I also have to be careful with stock images for my covers as well. There are times where I have invested, especially in my Women of the Fellowship series, I actually had models for the cover. I got married couples and had literally photo shoots. So it um, that's a, a long-term series that I just made the invest. I, I, there's another series I've did with stock covers and, and stock images that I licensed and be sure you can license them. Um, make sure you pay for the licensing 
um, for those covers and have the accounts for them. So that's, um, you know, whatever the company is, make sure that you go read the fine print and determine how many copies you can sell and not have and have the first license as opposed to the next license. And if you need more information on that, uh, let's have a conversation at talkwithroyston.com. But making sure you have unforgettable covers um, done very well. Um, some people have an eye for graphics and can do the cover on its own and it look gorgeous. They can use Canva, etc., and it look beautiful. But then other people, you can tell it's a homemade cover and it doesn't uh, attract people and they're not drawn to it. And I confess, I'm the first one. I'm talking about me as well, because when I first started out, I didn't have the money for a graphics person. When I first started in business, I had to save and, and hold on to money and whatever. And my cover sold and they did okay because people connected with me. But when I actually did get my, as I say, coins together and my money together, then I knew uh, I was really making uh, an investment. And then I really needed to hire a, a good graphic person who had an eye, uh, who had an eye for fonts, who had an eye for uh, the colors and, and what that should look like. And even though, you know, I hire graphic people, I still have an eye. I know what I like when I see it. I know what has sold in the past. After 15 years, I know what people are looking for, what they're drawn to, what they're attracted to. Not just the uh, subject matter, which would be great, but the actual topic itself. So having the unforgettable cover is just, it's just really, really, really so key um, to me and for me. And that's uh, one of the things that is a major standard in my company. No matter what other people are doing, uh, that's not on me. And I'm growing and changing and moving every day as to what I want uh, covers to look like and what I want them to be like. And then lastly, um, one of the things about the business of fiction that's a little bit different, not much because, you know, we all are looking for readers and we're looking for our ideal audience is to creating a uh, and cultivating and catering to readers. So if you are um, writing a book on Christian fiction, after you've been through the beta readers, after people have reviewed it and after they've read it and given you feedback, then you went back and made changes, then you need to create either an event, uh, or you need to go to events where your potential readers are. Um, you need to, e if you have an email list already, you need to find out who on your email list um, is, is interested in Christian fiction as opposed to if they bought um, um, nonfiction or children's or poetry in the past. Find you some a good group of beta readers from that group. And say, I have a chapter or something I want you all to read. And if you give me uh, comments and feedback, you'll be provided the uh, print version of that of that book. And, um, and take it from there so that you're cultivating and catering to uh, readers of your fiction. And as a uh, publisher and a business owner, I know that that's really key and really important. Uh, I do publish in multiple genres, so I, I'm not able to create those events as I should or uh, could, but believe you me, it's not over. Uh, I've seen it done. I've been encouraged by literary agents on how to do it, so I know what to do. 
I just need to to schedule that uh, time and opportunity. I've had people who say, I want to be a beta reader for you. I want to give you feedback on, on your books. So I have them. I have a group. I'm good, but I haven't been publishing uh, much fiction lately. But um, children's and nonfiction is where I've been. But I know, I know what needs to happen. Uh, readers are hungry for good fiction. And making sure that happens makes all the difference in the world. Um, if you find your, uh, as they say, you find your tribe. If you find people who love what you write, hold on to them, bless them, and and uh, um, encourage them, and and do some wonderful, phenomenal things for them because you appreciate um, their support in what they do. So I'm always willing to reach out to book clubs and. I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to the uh, National Black Book Festival, which is held every year in Houston, Texas. Unless there's a global pandemic, then it may be a virtual setting. But I am uh, headed there, and I am as a publisher and as a book club um, participant and coordinator, looking for book clubs to pitch and to give away my fiction. So that that's a part of the business of fiction is too as well. Is the sometimes you have to just like you get in the Walmart or anything else, give samples away of your books so that people can be introduced to you and want to know more. So I hope that helps you get your palette wet for fiction and the big business of fiction and um, um, taking it to the next level in regards to if you have a great interest to be a fiction writer. I'm Dr. Julia Royston of BK Royston Publishing, Royal Media and Publishing, and the coaching community, the book business bosses, helping you get your message to the masses, turn your words into well, write some great fiction, and be a book business boss. Be blessed and have an awesome day. You have been listening to the Book Business Boss Show. For more information on how you can become a book business boss, visit www.bookbusinessbosses.com. That's bookbusinessbosses.com. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov.